Mushroom, 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 Yeah. I was gonna say 30th. Then you're like, wait, that's not that's, that's not possible. Not a thing. Um, we skipped last week because why? Because I was doing something. Was that yeah, it? I think you were. At... There wasn't a lot of stuff, and we were getting ready to go to Land War. Or yeah. you were going to Land War. Yeah, you were going that day because you Tuesday. No, I was on Wednesday. You left Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Oh, I had to pack on Tuesday. My computer was like well, going Tuesday's away. Trivia night. Also that. Tuesdays. Anyway, tr- tr- oh no, because we record on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were gonna we, like we're sitting here like, why is he so confused? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I am like, I've I was watching the Double Fine documentary about uh, adventure. Mm. And they just released their final episode, and Tim Schafer was talking about like what it's like to have the game done. And he's like, now we all kind of have um, what is it? finished project or post project depression where you finish this game that you've been working on for like three years and and like like, that has defined you and now you like you feel kind of sad because you don't know what to do anymore um and like this week has been me that has been me this week at work like with my website not my website but the website i like pushed out like i just sit there and i'll like stare at it yeah i'm like i've finished i've looked at all of reddit I've looked at all the news. What do I do? And then I, I like go around and like ask people like, "Hey, do you do you like your printer? Are you doing okay? Can I can I can I fix it for you? Can we do something?" Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, um, no, it's fine." But like, what are you like doing a printer refresh? And I was like, "No, no I just no, I'm just really bored. I have post project depression." <laughs> and then shuffled away. Because I wrote just like. Oh, oh, okay, alright, I don't, okay. Classic. It Classic. was weird, but I, it's, it's kind of terrible, because I haven't, like, find, found anything new to get jazzed about at work, yeah. so I'm just like, uh, I can't even, like, bring myself to play Hearthstone or anything. I'm just like, I'm <laughs> You can't so, even waste time. Well, like, this week's just... Tavern Brawl is pretty bad. So. What is it? I, I don't even know, it. what is it? It's, Actually, it's I just, it like, it you bad. choose oh, a okay. champion, and it's completely random decks. Wait, is this... Oh, it is. Is it? It's like stack. Uh, it stacks you with legendaries, though. I I've seen people get the stacks of legendaries. I have yet to get that experience yet. Oh, I I played probably like four or five games, and there were times where I'd have like four legendaries in my hand, and it was hilarious. I watched the Polygon guy Stoner Bros and the Stoner Bros, Stoner Bros, and uh, unfortunately. Or not unfortunately, but Phil Kohler in the video kept getting four legendaries <laughs> and he just kept dumping. Yeah. It I was kind of sad. I, it was hilarious though. I love those guys doing that, that video. Yeah. I'm glad that they can bring, they brought back the Stoner Bros because the Black Rock Mountain Stoner Bros videos were amazing. Hearthstoners. Hearthstoners. Shout out <coughs> Griffin McElroy, Phil Kohler. You guys are cool. Pretty cool dudes. Um, first question. So this isn't the same as last week, right? Where like you cast right. a spell and you get a free... No. This is... You, you just literally choose a champion. And it just like shuffles the cards together and says, here you go. Yep. It just starts the game and then you have no idea what the deck is. That's interesting. I love it. How do you guys feel about Tavern Brawl in general? I actually haven't done it yet. Okay, you haven't played a single Tavern Brawl? No, which is... You give me your game, your all of your gamer cards... I, I've really, I need your gamer card and your backup gamer card. I haven't even had time to play many. Ga- I've, I've had like an hour and a half of games since last Wednesday. A tavern brawl is amazing. It's like playing all, Hearthstone for the first time yeah. all over again. Really? I've, I've really heard, liked I've all the tavern brawls until this week. I don't know why. Like going into tavern brawl, I thought this was going to be like the ideal thing. This is like what I wanted most—a completely random deck. Uh-huh. And now that I have experienced it, I don't like it. How many times have you won? Two. Out of? Probably four or five. See? You just, you're just butthurt. I mean, alright, you can I only... just like the other one. 
I don't like how you have absolutely zero idea what's in your deck. Uh-huh. If they had did a thing where like you chose a champion they and then it showed it. you the deck, like you can't change anything. You just at least get to see the cards. Oh, I suppose uh-huh. that is kind of crazy. Like, you never know what's going to show up next. Yeah, like that that's would weird. that well, I think would help me for me because uh-huh. that's the thing that I just. I don't know how to play the deck. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, every move is... See, I, I feel I, like at that point, just throw it down. I yeah. mean, yeah, like, that's what I end it. up doing, but I don't know. I like to at least feel like I'm strategizing, or I'm like, well, if I do this Ryan and this, like I, can, I can chain <laughs> it and, like, do things. And, like, uh-huh. this, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to throw everything know. out there because I have no idea what's going to come next. Yeah, well, I guess... That shows our differing skill levels or involvement in Hearthstone because I never <laughs> pay attention. You're a rush player, Thomas, and I am a slow player. So I don't like I build a deck and then I immediately forget all the cards in it. And then when I like I'm playing and I'm like, oh sweet, I didn't know that was here. So this is just like playing a normal deck for me. Yeah, at Land War, like I spend half of one day just like going through and trying to like rebuild decks. And like with yeah. all the new cards that I had, because I bought, I bought some packs like a long Ooh. time ago. Oh, okay. this oh, was yeah, like okay. the long okay. time ago. Okay, but I never gone through like different classes and like refresh some of the older decks that I haven't played in a long time. Like I just pretty much strictly been playing my Dragon Paladin or Mage. Uh huh. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be at Lane War for a long time. Why like, not? Let me try to play with some other classes and just mess around. How about that? So, like, I tried to make... Uh, it was hit and miss. I made, like, a... I had, like, a Rush Warlock deck that wasn't that good. So then I tried to make, like, a Demon Warlock deck where it's based around, like, all demons. Wasn't Handlock the best thing to do still? I don't know what that means. Handlock is when you do... you have co- you, Your whole goal is to keep a lot of cards in your hand. So then you uh, drop the cards that are based on things like get plus one plus one for every card in your hand or cost one less for every card in your hand. So you just keep life tapping and then you keep casting spells that give you that life back and you just drop these monstrous creatures like one after the other once you get to a certain point. So your mana I mean, curve is just effective. like... You know, like you don't even have anything less than like six or so mana usually. I, the, I didn't wasn't using a handlock. I was using like a rush of like every... Which is still... It's still every minion is like four or under. And so like all I'm doing is drawing cards and throwing down as many minions as possible. Uh-huh. Like a zoo lock. Yeah. I've had plenty... I've played plenty of zoo decks and I can never like finish the job. I'll get them down to, like, ten health, and then and I'm then like, I have nothing like, to do. Yeah, and then they'll drop that, like, eight-mana person, and you're like, well, how do I get through this? You just have to, you have to try to finish him before round six, or else you're done. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm just, like, on a completely different level on Hearthstone than everybody else. We should play Hearthstone after like this. Yeah. And, and because I have, you, I showed you showed me one of your new decks, but I never showed you my new deck. Okay, wait. So what's okay? You've been talking about this. What's Castle in the Darkness? I don't even know what this is about. Oh, Castle in the Darkness. Also, we're not. We're just gonna talk, like this, guys. Yeah. We're just gonna hang out. Um, in case this is brand new to someone, and they're like, Where, "Where's the topics?" Castle in the Darkness. We don't, we don't is have like, anything this week. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know if it's new or if it's old. Yeah. Or what? There's just like this one let's player that I used to watch. Um, Nintendo Capri Sun, shout out, you're pretty cool, uh, except I saw we, not, actually not gonna say mean things, Nintendo Capri Sun, you got some pretty cool Let's Plays, um, and he had a Let's Play of Castle in the Darkness, Okay. and I watched like one episode, and... It's like Shovel Knight, except you're actually like using a sword, but it's like mm, super basic, two button control. It's like, like Shovel Knight, but... Um, you know, Sh- Shovel Knight's kind of balanced in the difficulty of, like, late-era SNES games. Yeah. Um, Castle in the Darkness is balanced like an early-era NES game. Like, you get hit, like, three or four times and you're dead. Until you... So more like an up- arcade game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until you upgrade your character. Um, we talking so, the same kind of graphics here? Is it like yes. Yeah, yeah it, it looks like a first-gen... Well, it looks like a late gen. Uh, it looks NES and so plays, pixel art. Pixel it art. It looks and plays like Shovel Knight. Okay, it doesn't. It's not quite on the same level as Shovel Knight. Like Shovel Knight is pixel art. It Castle in the art. Darkness is a pixel based game. Got it. It doesn't like 
it doesn't try to like look super pretty or anything. Like it's neither is Tony Hart Pro Skater. I don't know if I would oh. say. Damn, we can talk about it before we get to that. Savage. Moment. I don't know if I would say that Castle in the Darkness is like an exceptionally like amazing game. Yeah, and like it's just like a fun game. a game like an old NES game. Like you go fight the boss sixty. We fought this one boss for like twenty minutes. We probably died thirty or forty times, and then we're just like, all right, we're done. Time to take a break. But before that, we would play a boss for, like, half an hour, where, yeah. like, you spawn right in front of the boss, and then you go fight the boss. And we would play a boss for, like, half an hour, and then finally beat him and be like, yes! Yeah. Make it. Yeah. It's fun. It it's pretty fun. Yeah. We'll play it. You guys want to get put on the spot for a second? Yeah, somewhere. I had the most random, someone just texted me, I out of the blue. Not that they were out of the blue, but a random text out of the blue. It's just like, hey, what's your favorite... I quote this text because I had to read it three times to understand what the hell just she was talking about. What is your favorite game, video, PC, or board board game of all time? Okay, um, you're gonna text them back and say you have to listen to the podcast, right? That, that, apparently, that's yeah. I didn't even think. So about it. I was this, just so like, is what this is the so world? It, like the thing is favorite game of all time? Game basically? doesn't have to be video game. It could be a PC game, board game. Um, are we talking about? Are we judging the game based on merit alone? You. Or what is, your like, what, is your opinion? what is your personal opinion of your favorite game of all time? Um, does it have to be still like? Can it be like a game that's like I recognize now isn't that great, but for that time oh, was yeah. the most yeah. amazing, well, like life-encompassing like thing? Be part of the, that's got to be part of it, right? You can't. It's like how you never go back to watch the movies you watched as a kid because you know they won't hold up. I watched them at work. While I, I, work. I will never in my life again. Watch the TMNT movies, the like live action movies. Oh, those suck. They do, but at the time they were amazing. <laughs> I was too young. <laughs> oh, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> that makes me feel old. I think I got mine. Okay, you, oh, yeah? start. you go first. Since you won last week. Yeah, I mean, you gotta go first. I'm gonna go with Pokemon Red. Ooh. Oh, man. Tell me some stories. Tell me a story. Spin me a yarn. It's, it's just like... Spin me a yarn. I mean, there wasn't a lot of video games back then. That was I had a Nintendo 64, but like I wasn't playing like a lot of video games. And mm-hmm. like I got that game, and that game is... I just played that game so much. I reset it so many times. I have 151 Pokemon on it. Wow. Uh, I'm actually impressed by that. Legitimately? By legitimately, what do I mean, you mean like, legitimately? Did you send it to a GameStop or did you like do the Mew thing yourself? I did the Mew thing myself on go. my sister's blue and there traded it to my red. Respect. I never. Respect. You could actually get Mew. Oh yeah, yeah there's, there's a glitch. It's very very specific. You have to like leave this one trainer alone for like ninety percent of the game. Oh, okay. or something like it's that. It's not. You can get Mew extremely early. You go to Cerulean City where Misty is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you and go then to Bill's Garden and you then go jump off. in the spaceship. And you take the spaceship no, to the moon. No, 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 no. You, you have to have an Abra who knows teleport. Okay. That's like the only... So you go up the, oh, the bridge. Oh, fly. No, yeah, yeah. It's no. like to the left of the bridge, right? No, well, that's where the you Nugget catch Mew. No, you you have up. to do something before. You have, to uh. go, you have to go up the Nugget Bridge, beat the five trainers. You have to go to the right... Towards Bill's house, and then when you get to the specific trainer, you'll go in front of them, and right as you go in front of them, like when you catch, like the trainer sees you, like the thing pops out of his head. Uh huh. Right, like when you walk, you had to hit start. So he'll do the animation with the thing pops over yep. your head, but you press the start menu and you pause the game. And then you teleport. You teleport out of the city. Which glitches the game out. You walk back up the bridge and on top, like once you get halfway up the bridge, Mew like battles you and you catch it. Now, if I'm not mistaken, actually, this is super cool. If I'm not mistaken, you can actually get any Pokemon in the game to show up through a similar glitch. I think so because I think each trainer has like a specific number associated with them in the game, right? When not like all their memory and stuff in the uh-huh. actual game programming. And each Pokemon has a certain number associated with them in the game. So if you find the right trainer, you can actually get that Pokemon who has the same number to show up, I think. So you can, do, you can like, have Venusaur show up or something, or Bulbasaur show up. It's probably true. I think I it's something along those lines. I mean, I know the basics behind the Mew thing, basically, is, like, you're almost, you're essentially rewriting the game's code while you're playing it without, like, the game realizing what's happening. 
It's like a bit. So you're not breaking the game while essentially you are breaking the game into mm-hmm. allowing you to catch me. Very interesting. So I, my sister got a blue and I got a red and my sister never played it. So it essentially became mine. It's so uh-huh. I legitimately caught everything that I didn't have on red on my blue and traded it to my red. And my red is completely perfect. And I still have it. And it still works and it's still perfect. You just, oh, you just put it in every once in a while and just go... Yeah. No, I was cleaning out some stuff like two years ago from my parents' house and yeah. came across like my old case, like my little case that I had old cartridges, and I found my a Game Boy Color and plugged it in, and like it was still worked because those still work. Gold, and but silver. gold and silver and crystals yeah. don't work because the clock that's when the game implement, implemented an internal clock, and there's actually a small little watch battery in the cartridge. And so the clock ends up killing the battery. And so, like, if you plug one of those games in, you can play through it, but you can't save. The second you turn off the game, like, you just just lost it. No, it turns off, but, like, the cartridge can't keep an internal memory because it runs off the battery. Very cool. Very interesting. There's a couple tidbits for for you kids. That's my Pokemon nerd out. Howard, can you replace the watch battery? I actually don't know. You could probably yeah, go just, replace it if you wanted to. You've got to get the right screwdriver because those have but those But now weird, you can just yeah. buy hard gold or soul silver, so... Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, just rebuy it. I did. <laughs> Pokemon. I probably would if I had it. If I still you have yet a 3DS, why wouldn't you rebuy hard I've still gold yet to break the will to buy the 3DS. It's, I know it's going to happen. You still don't have a 3DS? I've just yet to do it. Is that three years? Yeah. Oh, I was gonna get the new one though because doesn't have like a second stick or something. Thought that yeah. was kind of dope. No. Yeah. I've offered to like let you borrow this three years yeah. like five times. I know. But I was, see, this is why my will hasn't broken. I keep like forgetting I want to. You do You offered it. to let me borrow it to play Ocarina of Time. You wanna borrow it? I think no, Ocarina because I have a three DS. I bought one. Oh, good job. Except I bought a three DS XL for Pokemon. <laughs> and it's Pokemon XY themed. Oh yeah, Pokemon. I remember that. Yeah. Is it wait? Isn't it red? Yeah, it's red. Yeah, yeah it's I, Pokemon X themed. I bought my no, 3DS for two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Could be worse. I bought mine for like two hundred dollars. I got a camera. Yeah, for I know two. they they dropped the price like three months after it was released. Well, I got a 3DS XL, which makes that one. You have an original 3DS, so that makes that thing look like poop. Yeah. Well, actually, the build quality in the original 3DS is oh, you know, a lot for sure. higher. But like, yeah, this it feels it looks way like more solid. A little like, tiny. This iPhone. is like a little baby compared to my big old thing. Which that feels. This feels. It's like, like it's an more... iPhone 3G versus an iPhone 6 Plus. This feels <laughs> kind of like the Game Boy Advance, though. In my opinion, I like the weight of that though. Compared to my mm-hmm. 3DS, it feels flimsy. Except the hinge is flimsy. Yeah, it is a little bit. The hinge flimsy. was always flimsy, like from the day I got it, and I was like, "This is fine. I don't care." Watch it just like breaks off. Yeah. Thomas, you got one yet? Or shall I go? Um, you it's go. Ac- it's actually really tough, and this is just the game that has come to my mind, and it's a good choice. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm actually really going to have to think about this for like a day or so. But I think this might be the right choice. When I first got Metroid Fusion, I thought it was actually my first time playing a Metroid game. Honest moment. Okay. And... It's very different than all the other Metroid games that I play, and I suppose I should probably go back and try some of the older platformers, or maybe even some of the new platformers, because I played that game, like Ryan said, a lot. I used no guides. I did, it was one of the rare times that I didn't look on anything at GameFAQs. I didn't have, like, borrow someone's guide or something like that to go through it, which for a game that's fairly... it's not I wouldn't say it's necessarily puzzle-based, but it's definitely... Got some moments where you're like, how the heck am I supposed to get through here, or what the heck am I supposed to be doing? Uh-huh. But it was it was just such a fun game, the mechanics were really fun, the story behind it was really intriguing to me, and I, if I remember right, I had no idea the Samus was a girl, and so at the end of the credits, right, based on your completion, like, she would, like, take off the helmet or stuff, you know, and just be like, look, mm-hmm. I'm Samus, I'm just like, what the hell? It blew my mind. Take off her whole suit. I have no idea. I never got that. I think she might, 
and just do the zero suit thing. Yeah, it would be a zero suit. It's not naked. Well, yeah, obviously. But, I'm, but I never... I think I got maybe like 82 or 84% done. But, like, you have to get all the collectibles, finish within a certain time to get a certain score. Like, it's all sorts of crazy stuff. But I was... It was the first game that I really actually started doing, like, some speedrun things where I would try and get as much as I could that I could remember in a small amount of time. Uh-huh. And even when I would go home, if I still had my Game Boy, like, I'd find that game in my room and that would be one of my nights when I would, like, go home and just be playing Metro Fusion. <laughs> it's just... It's just a... It was a satisfying game for me. I've heard it's a very yeah. good game. I haven't played it. It was a Game Boy Advance game, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Didn't get the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Missed mm. out, bud. It's super, yeah. it's super good game. I recommend it if you can get it. If you can play it. It's a good time. Yeah, the only problem is it's like... It's kind of hard to play games that old for me nowadays. Really? Unless it's like super good if there there might be like a remake of it for like the Wii shop or something I would play it like that I am less and less on like handhelds like I bought my 3DS thing and like I'm gonna get back into handhelds like Game Boys were great and then like the more I play it the more I'm like I don't I don't know well, it's because it's that thing you would take around with you on road trips, if you're going places, mm-hmm. what, you know, if you're sitting somewhere. You'd pull out the Game Boy, and it would be the game, like, those would be the games you played. Like, those right. are the ones you remember, because they were everywhere. Yeah, but now I don't have to sit in the doctor's office or, like, go I know. to something it with sucks. my parents. Like, I'm... You're not sitting in the car for 14 hours, you're now the one driving the car for 14 hours. Yeah. It's just, like, there's no downtime. And yeah. then, like, when I can play it, it's like... Do I want to sit on my couch next to my giant TV and play my 3DS? Or, see, that's what, I feel like that's what the Wii Wii really should have been. You know, you, that's, because... What, like a to, 3DS, but that also hooks into a console? No, like a, no, like it should have been able to do things with, like, because oh, without the Smash console? Bros, you could use that as your controller. Uh-huh. How could we not just simply say, there's your controller, it's also your Game Boy, you know, so maybe the controllers themselves are sold separately. You can do that with Smash Bros. Right, or then do, but do that for everything, and then have the ability to just cast your screen from the 3DS up there. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be dope? Like, you're I, sitting there playing Pokemon, all of a sudden the battle's on the 46-inch TV. Dope. Yeah, well, the problem is, like, uh, uh, yes. I mean, that would be great. We have the, the Wii U gamepad, which emulates the second screen on the 3DS, there's absolutely no reason why the Wii U won't let you play 3DS games on it. Exactly. That would be nice. I would probably get Monster Hunter for the 3DS in an instant if I could play it on the Wii U. Because half of it, I feel like that's half. I feel like that just is half my problem right now with. with... Just wait. Maybe they'll do that with the NX. Maybe they will. That'd be kind of. They dope. won't. Speaking of Nintendo. Nintendo. Satoru Iwata died. Satoru Iwata. Which. Iwata's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. he's cool. Don't get me wrong. Iwata's cool. He's awesome. Um, and it's sad for him to have gone. Um, but, I don't know. I, I Like, there were so many stories about, like, look at how Iwata changed, was a visionary mm-hmm. and, like, a genius and all this. I'm like, he made some, like, cool games. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, look, I didn't realize well, like, not how cool far games, back his history really went and how, like... I mean, 2005. Everything that he did, well, he was... No, he started at HAL. He started yeah. at HAL Labs and, like, created Starbound. He was the fifth employee at HAL Labs. Like, I was reading yeah. a couple different articles about him. He was the first game designer hired by HAL. He was the fifth employee. He ended up becoming the president of HAL, then moved to Nintendo... He became the president of Nintendo, and he was the first one outside of the founding family. Yeah, I did read that Yamaguchi family. Yamaguchi? How do you say it? I don't know. I'm yeah, I mean, that. they're all... I don't know. He, mm-hmm. He's a really cool dude. Um, but I think everybody got really, really worked up over it. Well, I think a lot of the reason is just because of the corporate decisions he was, was part of. I mean, he is part of the team that was able to take Nintendo from downward spiral to at least coming back to where... You know, it's, it's another... Well, I another think, brand. like, people view him, like, his history of, like, he's not the guy who created Mario, but he created all these other big games. Like, he created Smash. Yeah. He created Star A lot of them make Smash. How Labs made Smash. I How thought. Labs made Smash, but there's... I can't remember his name, but there's, like, 
a very specific dude, the guy that made Kirby, who made Smash. I thought he made Kirby, too. No, I know. The, the guy that made Kirby made Smash. Well. Anyway. I don't know. It, he's super dope. Uh, like, he's great. Mm. Um, I think it was also just because he died so unexpectedly. Yeah, like, 55 like is 55. really... That's really early. Well, especially considering last year was when we heard about the fact that he had that, the, the bile duct tumor going on, and he had it removed, and that's why he wasn't able to come to E3. was not what it was. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's... But it'll be interesting now to see... Oh, I'm glad We're you started saying that, not me. Yeah. Because uh, they have, like, co-interim presidents. Um, one of them is... Shit. Who's Mario guy? Miyamoto? Miyamoto. And the other guy is... Uh, a guy that isn't as famous as Miyamoto. I was reading an okay. interesting article... His name is Jinio Takeda. Oh, Takeda, yeah. Yeah. Takeda. Which that was interesting too, reading about his history. About, um, he was basically, he actually was the, the first, he, he developed the first game Nintendo made, which was like mm. this giant arcade game thing. I can't remember what it was called. Um, no, but he ended remember. up becoming like the guy who, he was the head developer of the Wii. Uh-huh. And so, he also made Punch Out. Yeah, Punch Out. That was that was his first really famous game. I love Punch but Out. But his first EVR race was the first game, which this actually, actually sounded kind of like it is Nintendo's like gamble. It sounded like a gambling machine almost. Yeah, it was a horse racing game. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me of a totally. You guys aren't gonna like. I was uh, watching this video. It's really interesting that I was talking about um, the new movement that has started over like the last few years in Japan, uh-huh. the auteur movement, uh, and comparing that to the indie movement in America. So like in America, the AAAs faltered. And what happened is we got a whole bunch of like new people, like people who've never made games before, who you've never heard of, who are like, oh, wow, like these guys are cool. They made... All these cool games. But in Japan, now that like the AAA market is crumbling, um, you're seeing these people who have already made masterpieces like Kojima and Inafune and other people are like... What was your first one? Kojima. Hideo Kojima? Okay, I just didn't hear what you said. Okay. Like, I heard it, it just didn't hit me. You know so, I mean? in Japan, instead of new people showing up and right. being like, we are going to make these new amazing games, it's the guys that made amazing games already and, like, don't make them anymore because, like, the publishers say, you can't do that, nobody's going to buy that. And now, like, with Mighty Number no. 9 and Shinmu 3, they're saying, like, let me, like, I can do this now. Yeah. Which is, like, really interesting. Because it serves the same goal, but just, like, from a different aspect. Because it's, like, these guys that have been saying forever, like, if you just give me enough money, I can show you what a real game is. That's interesting. That's really an interesting thought about And now they're, like, finally getting that. Mm-hmm. Well, Kojima... Who do you think has a better chance? What do you mean? I think, like, indie devs versus auteurs? I think it's, like, two totally different things. It's, like, Shovel Knight is amazing. Mighty Number no. 9 is probably also amazing. Like, they're very similar kinds of games. Like, you don't... Well, one's right, not right. necessarily better than the other. I because like talk- indie games are like... It's like, look, we're focusing more on gameplay, more on, like, you know, yeah. whatever, like, small budgets. And these auteurs, like Shinmu 3, Mighty Number no. 9, like, these are huge, like, highly funded millions of dollars games. So mm-hmm. it's like a totally different approach. It's well, not like how lean can we make this? Well, it's yeah, like, but I can so is double. A lot of a couple of Double Fine's games were quite well well funded as well. I mean, Double Fine was one of the people that broke the Kickstarter record for game funding first, right? Then everyone else was breaking their record afterwards. Star Citizen's another example. It's a triple. It's basically a triple A developer now, but it was an indie developer when it proposed the idea. You know, I'm just I'm just saying. There's I feel like especially for Kickstarters that get very well funded. And especially for projects that get a lot of press, like No Man's Sky, arguably is an indie developer title, even though it's been featured in E3 a couple times, it's funded by Sony, you know, it's got it's got big names behind it. 
Mm-hmm. So if you look, so if you look at like uh, what's an indie game that's coming out soon? Like what's No something? Man's Sky. Well, yeah, but like Scalebound, for instance, that's another one that's kind that's of not coming out soon. No, well, it's coming out in like eventually. seven years. We haven't even we'll seen find out like, a game. Let's talk about like, like Cuphead. Cuphead is coming. Yeah. out. That's a good note. That's a very good one. Featured in a couple E three trailers and stuff like that, but hasn't gotten too much press in the way of like you know real E3 showings. I think they did have a little spot at P- Sony's E3, maybe? Maybe it was Microsoft's It's an Xbox Microsoft game, bro. It, yeah, it was Microsoft's Microsoft exclusive. My point, where I'm getting with this, is like, if you look at the people behind it, we don't know much about them, right? We just know that they're a developer making these games. Ori in the Blind you Force. Look at, Ori in the Blind Force. You look at, you know, now Bloodstained, with, like you said, all tours, like these people who made these amazing games back in the day coming back and making these new games. Mm-hmm. Do you feel? I feel like there might just be kind of a different amount. Like you're right, there are there are different you know apples to oranges. So I'm not going to make a comparison between them. But I'm saying like, in terms of the pressure on them, you've got these indie developers who are coming up and saying, "Hey, look at all this press we're getting. Our game's going to be great." You mm-hmm. know, everyone doesn't really know what's going to come out of it. They're just excited that it's being what it is. Whereas you look at like, for instance, Mighty Number no. Nine, and everyone's like, "Looks just like Mega Man. Looks like it's going to play just like Mega Man. It's going to be great. It's going to be just like Mega Man." What if it comes out and he decided to go in a bit of a different direction because it was something new for him, and because it's not Mega Man, everyone's pissed. Like everyone expects I mean, it to be like this revival. Yeah, we know what Mighty Number. Like, no, I know. But I'm like, not saying that that's a bad example. Yeah, but one of I'm the sure other, there are better ones. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, points. One of the other points of this is that is like you you got to it in a different way than like I. I so the indie like indie games in the U.S the best ones or the most popular ones are ones that like do something new yeah that's never been done before whereas these japanese games are like a refinement of a genre to its perfection like mighty number nine is supposed to be be the perfection of the Mega Man formula bloodstained will be the perfection of the castlevania formula metal gear solid five is the perfection of the metal gear solid formula you know they're not like trying to reinvent the wheel they're just saying we're gonna take this wheel and we're gonna make it the best fucking wheel ever yeah it's gonna take it's gonna take you 100 miles an hour yeah mm-hmm. yeah i know i totally get that i just feel like there's just that different amount of i keep coming back to that word pedigree lately i don't even know if that's really the right word for it but it's the you know it's just the thought behind that these people are taking that wheel making it the best thing most jewel encrusted thing you will ever desire in the face of the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And then what if it comes out and it's a square? You know, like, is it the fact that it's not the wheel we expected that it sucks? Or I think is it's it... just, well, I think... there's so many different, like, we throw the word indie around, like, it has one meaning and it doesn't anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, an indie developer used so to many mean things. that it was this small studio disassociated from all the big publishers. Through something It's not Steam. that anymore. Yeah. Like, that's indie point. right now just represents anybody that's not a big publisher, but there's huge companies that are quote-unquote indies. Yeah. And, like, and that's just because we have, like, this archaic system of EA and Ubisoft and Activision are the big publishers <laughs> and everybody else is an indie. When, in mm-hmm. reality, these companies probably shouldn't be classified as indies. But well, we still, I mean... And it's it's just all semantics. It's all just labeling things, and it's just like we're trying to put. I mean, this is, this is like the such like a stupid statement to say, but it's like we're all just trying to label things, and like you can't just label. Stop and, trying to make indie. Happen. It's not black it and white. Happen. Like everything is gray. Right. So, well, like I I think that it is. Deep, bro. It is totally like. <laughs> I think you can define indie at this point by the team size. Yeah, I think if that's a If it's a, a to small to medium-sized team, like No Man's Sky, it's nobody's going to argue that's not an indie game. It's made by, like, five people. The only thing that's not indie about it is Sony's money. Like, that's right. it. Like, Double Fine. Double Fine got a lot of money. They are an indie studio. They're, like, 15, 20 people on a <laughs> game. At least last we checked. To be honest, who knows what they've done with the team lately. But I do. Oh, like, do you? Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah but, like, I, but, like, when it's... Assassin's Creed that has like 300 people and one main studio and like three other studios when you have to have like portions of your developer base named after the cities they're based in that's when you're not an indie developer (laughs) like when you have Ubisoft Montreal Ubisoft you know like that's not we can't okay that's not that's not the same right anyway I thought that was really interesting 
Um, I think that's a good point. I think the best way to label it right now is to not think about it as size. I, you know, it's just the only thing I was trying to get at is like you've got those you've got these people bringing forward these perfect wheels, and it's just like, is that do I expect something more out of these people than I expect out of these you know other no name teams, or mm-hmm. you know which am I? What's the, what's my gut reaction in terms of being excited for? Am I more excited for the game that I'm just excited to play, or the game that I feel like is going to be the best thing I've played, but I've played it a thousand times already? Does that right. make sense? Right. Well, I think you can be excited about. Oh yeah. Them. It's just a different level of excitement. Like, No Man's Sky, like, it, I feel very excited, but oh, I'm yeah. excited in the sense of, like, I don't want to get too excited because, like, what if you know, what if it's not what I want? But, like, for Metal Gear down? Solid Five, like, I am excited, and I am excited because I know what Hideo Kojima is going to make. He, like, when you say, Allegedly like, if, make. if it's... Allegedly make. If this wheel comes out and it's a square, yeah. like these guys aren't going to make a square. Like these aren't unknown properties. We know what these guys can make. They know what they can make, and yeah, they're, they're refining. Like, they're not like messing with it. They're more like let's smooth out this corner, right? You know, they're they're like putting the polish on and really refining these systems yeah. without having to add on extra things or take things away because the publisher says they can or can't. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a really interesting thought, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid Five Forever. They removed Hideo Kojima's name completely from the box. Yeah, it's now. gone. Which is why I was like, allegedly made. We have no idea if he even really was. Even Which is involved. like crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but like, Sony needs to buy Hideo Kojima immediately. It's kind of like how Netflix it. needs Top Gear. Didn't they already there buy is, it? I don't know. I did it's, see an interesting rumors. article right before I came over here. I didn't get the chance to read it. Yeah. Um, uh, Game Informer about how it's like was a history of how Hideo Kojima and like uh, like his relationship like breaking oh, with apart. Konami. like but going back like decades about how like even from the beginning like they never really liked him that much and oh yeah like, people would like go make fun of him and say like mm-hmm. release a game before you're dead I feel like Konami has finally come out and shown its true colors. By saying we're only going to do casino games, <laughs> like well, for what they're doing now and mobile. No, I get it. And mobile. Like, well, all, my joke is just that it seems like, I mean, like you, like you, you're very much so a Hideo Kojima fan. Hideo Kojima, whatever fan. I can't say his name that quickly. You're very much a fan of him. You like what he does. A lot of people say he's one of the better game designers out there. All that kind of stuff. Oh, one of the best. Why would so then? Why would Konami drop him if they know every game that he's ever going to bring out? is going to garner this much attention. If not that they don't like him, they don't like his dev cycles, and they don't like how he handles things, and they're like, we just care about making the money. So now we're going to do mobile games and casino games. Okay, so let's also like think about game. this. Like We had this a few years ago where AAA developers were like stalling. Oh, yeah. We're not doing well. Speak of the devil, what like, you saying. That is still going on, and like they are crumbling in Japan. And Konami... I have heard about this, so this is a thing. What? The yeah. Altor, the Altor thing. Like, I oh, the, yeah, yeah. But, so, like, these companies are companies. Like, they have to make money. Oh, if, yeah. If games aren't working for them, they, they have they to move to something else. No, I, I get it. It's just so, like, like, if Kojima is the only yeah. big game you have, why give him that big of a budget? Yeah. You know, like, who cares about your name cachet when you're only making one game? Every six years. Right. So, I I think if, you know, like, if Konami is trying to, like, get into something more profitable than games, because, like, games are also, like, like Very... it's like a gamble anyway. Games are like movies, like music, like anything. Like, you could drop $10,000 into a game, and it could be the next Minecraft, or you could drop $300 million. Million in it, and yeah. it might be, you know, something that doesn't sell Call at all. Call of Duty. Well, Call of Duty still sells. Which but, is like, stupid. But like they need to, they need to make money. And smart com- companies like um, Sega, like Sega doesn't release anything, right? Like when's the last time you remember Sega making? I thought a they game? went bankrupt. No, I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I thought Sega was. Sega bad. has. I thought um, they went the way of Atari. Like we're done. No, Sega still exists. They still make games. Is that why Sonic still gets games every once in a while? And it's yes, still because like, what Sega is wrong with you is actually um, Sega, Sammy Sega. Oh yeah, Sammy. Does not make games and keeps them afloat. 
Sammy's like making all kinds of money over here and it's just like keeping Sega alive yeah. for the name until video games are back again. And then they can put more money into Sega and be like, we're back. So, they and probably could. Like that's what a lot of Japanese video game companies are in other things. Like Nintendo was trying to get into the health space because Konami is in the health space and the gambling space. And like they're diversifying because they don't want to end up in a war. You know, like you, you don't want your company to go under. So, like, yeah, if yeah. games aren't working, instead of putting more money into games, why not diversify and just make your company more stable no, as I mean, a whole? I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it's stupid. I'm just saying for a, for a company that had these games that were coming out that everyone was just loving, you know? Yeah. It just seems like it, it was, at least to people who were viewing it as such like such a cheap shot for them to be like, oh, we're going to drop Kojima, and we're not making games more about Kibai. Yeah, like, it's, it's just a sign <clears> of the times. Like, Konami used to make great games. They made some poor decisions. They're not making, like... They're not publishing or whatever, like, super great games anymore or whatever. And yeah. yeah, and here we are. And now Sony's going to buy Kojima, and he'll make a Morpheus exclusive, and it'll be great, and everybody will buy it. I mean, nobody will buy it, but everybody will say it's great. Classic Kojima. Um, I, I'm really torn about yeah. making my favorite game a Kojima game or not. <laughs> Because, like... Really? I mean, I knew you liked him a lot. I just never knew it was to that degree. If if you just under... Like, if you could just play a Metal Gear Solid game... I'm picking up five. I'm picking up five. Um, so, like, this isn't my game. But I, like, got Metal Gear Solid 3. And, like, this isn't, like... I haven't, like, played the series from the beginning. It was like, I know everything about Metal Gear Solid. It's the best thing ever. Like, I was just in a GameStop... And I saw Metal Gear Solid 3 for, like, ten bucks. Yeah. I was like, all right, sure. So I bought it. And I took it home, and I started playing it. This was, like, in 2009. Like, it was a super... It was not super old. Not 2009. It was before Metal Gear Solid 4 came out, but I was playing it on a PS3. And I had, like, this little tiny 15-inch CRT television. And I remember, like... Oh, the Having boobies. zero expectations for this game. Because yeah. I had played Metal Gear Solid 1 a little bit. But then, like, I started playing 3, and I, like, hunkered down, and I, like, wanted to keep it close, and, like, I put the TV on my bed and the PlayStation on my bed, and I was just, like, laying down playing this game. And I played it for, like, four hours. And I was like, this is so great. Because, like, I learned how to use the camouflage system, and I was, like, sneaking up on people and, like, doing all these cool maneuvers and stuff, and then I finally made it to, like, the end of the mission. I remember hearing that, like, Metal Gear Solid games were, like, always, like, a mission. It was, like, a single mission. I was like... I did it. It's like, I, like, it was short, but, like, this game is amazing. Yeah. And so then I beat it, and it, like, plays this cutscene, and whatever happens is, like, this, the ending was, like, that wasn't a good ending. And then it, like, shows this awesome cutscene, I'm like, whoa. And then yeah. it goes, and then it just shows the title, it's like, I realized that was the prologue to the whole game. It was like, oh shit! <laughs> and then I just stayed up like the whole night and played it. And that game is amazing and it's just like, it's an experience. Like, Metal Gear Solid games are amazing. But that's not my game. My game is The Legend of Dragoon. Really? You guys ever heard of that? Heard, yes. Never the Legend played, of Dragoon and I'm not sure I've seen. was basically... Sony's answer to Final Fantasy VII. So Square released Final Fantasy VII in like 1997 or they showed it off in like 96 or something. And Sony was like, we want a piece of that pie. So they got their own internal development studio and like said, make the best RPG ever. And they worked on it for five years. It came out in, like, 2001, after the PlayStation 2 had released. Whoops. It was, like, one of the last games to come out on the PlayStation 1. And it, like, I knew nothing about it. Like, I was at Kmart and, like, 12 years old, and it was on sale for 10 bucks. So I bought it, and I, like, put it in, and it was amazing. It's, like, it's just, like, another JRPG. Yeah. Um, but one of the cool things, it's, it's four discs, but the discs aren't split up by, like... We could only fit this much on this disc, this much on this disc, and this much on di- this disc. The discs are like books in a series. So, like, disc one is this, like, whole 
story, but leads into the next story, which leads into the next story, which leads into the next story. Huh. And it's like super long, and it has my favorite combat system that maybe, I don't think South Park might have had a system like this. I don't think they did. Um, but it's a, it's a rhythm-based attack system. So you pick your attacks for each character, and it's kind of like a DDR kind of thing. You have a square in the middle, and then another square like comes in the screen, like, ooh, gets smaller, and then you have to press X when they intersect. And it's, they have different rhythms. Like, some attacks are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other ones are like, tap, 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 to tap, to tap, tap, tap. Like, yeah. some attacks are like 20, 20, like, steps long. But it does, like, 40 damage if you miss it, or 300 damage if you hit every single piece. Uh, yeah. So, like, it's all about, like, this active battle system. And the story was cool, and it has, like, this huge set of characters. There's, like, ten characters that you play as, and you go to all these different places in this world, and you it's, like, so expansive. And I bought, like, three copies of it because... I was like 11 or 12 years old, so I kept breaking the discs <laughs> because, like, I had to take it and move it from, like, my different parents' houses, and, like, I had different memory cards because sometimes I would forget a memory card, and they're not going to drive me 15 minutes to go get the other one, so, like, then I'd go get another one, and I started playing it on, like, PS2, and I thought PS2 game memory cards would work with PS1 games, which they don't, so, like, I left the PS2 on for a week. Until I could, like, find somebody at school who had a PS1 that I could get a memory card from. So, like, I would come home every day from school and be like, nobody turned the PlayStation off, right? And, like, my brothers were pissed. They're like, we're going to play the PlayStation. I'm like, no, 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 don't. Don't. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And my parent and mom was like, you need to turn this off. It's using all the power. I'm like, no, no, really. Don't. Don't. You can take me to Kmart and buy me a memory card, but don't. (laughs) And, like, I would stay up all night and, like, we had a couch with, like, cushions that fall pulled out yeah and i made like a cushion for it so nobody could tell that i was on the tv if they like woke up in the middle of the night and i would like stay up until three or four in the morning every night to like get further and i replayed it like i replayed it a few years ago like 2010 on the ps3 still good i played it like two or three times when i was playing it originally it's just like it's so awesome for me uh, it is not, like, necessarily a great game, Yeah. but it's, like, probably one of my favorite games yeah. ever. I feel like the memories always will make it better. Good math, it's great. It was great for the time. That was a great game, too. So at Land War, we did this uh, Iron Man of Gaming thing that Thomas runs, and basically we play a bunch of old games, and you get whittled down, and one person's up winning. One of the games was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 yeah. on the PlayStation 3, which was really fun to play. Um, and they just released some footage of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, and man, does it look like garbage. Yeah. I and think... I, by garbage, I don't mean the gameplay looks bad. It looks like a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game, but it looks like... I remember Tony Hawk's Pro Skater on my GameCube looking. Yeah, like, I think it looks... I prefer the aesthetic of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 over the new Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. And the other thing is, like, I'm not sure... Like, the gameplay might be solid, but it looks like they have, like, so many animations built into it. Like, Mm -hmm. the early days of PS3 and Xbox 360... When they're like, we can store so many things. Like, let's make idle animations, like, animations for everything. And, like, developers have learned this. Like, Bloodborne has, like, there are plenty of things where, like, your character just, like, goes, like, you're standing here, and then all of a sudden you're turned around. Like, there's no startup animation for that. And plenty of games nowadays have learned, like, you don't put an animation in for every single thing because it just makes the game feel, like, slow and lumbery and stuff. And I think they forgot that. When they made this Tony Hawk game. Because mm-hmm. it kind of looks like that. There's like one specific frame. Where they cut to. There's like a line of people. And they cut away from them. And a guy's like grinding across a bench. Uh-huh. And there's like a concrete pole. And like. It looks. That like frame. Like they showed a screenshot of that. And I remembered like seeing it when. I watched the video. And I saw that screen like go across. And I'm like. 
holy shit, this looks terrible. And, like, they show, like, a picture of that. It looks, like, so chunky. Everything's, like, just completely screwed up. And, like, people are saying, like, that's not just, like, this trailer. Like, the game, like, this is, this is game, like, I mean, mm-hmm. that was, a, that was a video footage, but, like, the gameplay is right. not any different than that. Right, yeah, it looks like, I don't know, the color palette seems a little dark. Like, I like in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, like, the color palette is really, like, muted and light, which makes it feel more open and stuff, which is good for me. <laughs> You're all about the color palette. But yeah, the color palette really makes a difference. Like, I won't play Bloodborne Chalice Dungeons because they're just, like, too, like, um, what's the close word? Like, you don't like close spaces? Claustrophobic. Like, the, the Chalice Dungeons are so, like, um, claustrophobic and none of them, they're all in caves. Like, there's no, like, open ceiling and that just kills it for me. And they're, like, super dark. And it's just, I don't... There's just no open environment. You know, like, you go in and you're like, oh, another room! Yeah. Oh, another room! And, like, the gameplay's good, but the aesthetic of the Chalice Dungeon... <laughs> it's just hard just, to get through it. It just doesn't do it for me. I need my aesthetics to be perfect. <laughs> Thank you. That's why I play Kojima games. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Well, people have hopefully... I've heard, I have heard, though, that the gameplay is good. So, you know, as... I always... mean... It'd be hard to screw it up. I mean, they could literally... Um, they have been literally screwing it up for like 10 years now. Tony Hawk Pro Skater... Well, you could argue that Underground and Underground 2 were good, but those came out in like... The last good Tony Hawk game was pretty much a decade ago. Yep. But when... when How many have they released like since then? A lot. A lot? Like a four lot. or five. Like every two years they I released a Tony Hawk game. they released that many... Um, there's, um, Project 8, American Wasteland, Ride, and I think another one. Oh. Like, they just keep making, like, crappy Tony Hawk games. Well, I mean, like, people were saying, like, everybody wanted them just to go back and make an original Tony Hawk game, so, like, by making Pro Skater 5, like, literally all they had to do was improve the graphics and make, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 and call it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. And, like, people would have been happy with that. And, like, it seems like they've done that for the gameplay itself, but it seems like they're probably still running the same engine. <laughs> I don't think this... If it ran the same engine as Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, it would be probably better than it will be. Because I would definitely play, like, a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 with just new missions. I wonder if that's what they've done. Right, so you're all like, what if they just remade? Like, what if they just directly ported the engine? They directly right? ported the engine from 2002, and just like put it on there. And yeah, now it looks really crappy because now it's on these like really high quality devices. And so now, that instead of working on the graphics, instead of working on the fidelity and all the textures, like let's just make a world that will take you 24 hours to skate through. Like, what if it's just an entire city? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be okay. I'm really glad that they have that they uh, maintained the build your own park. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, I thought they've said though that this isn't an open world game. This is like the traditional like you select the mission and like it's yeah. confined space. Yeah. Oh, it's well, like I haven't been paying attention. I hope they like what's it's like what Thomas wants in a racing game where it's all menus and you just select what you want to play and then you play it and then you go back to the menu. Oh, that's so, Drive Club. I already got that. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like... I hope that they don't go like so far back that it's like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 through 3. Where they're like figuring it out again? Well, no. Where like every level is three mi- or two minutes. Because like that's what they they did they made oh, the Tony yeah, Hawk yeah, HD I remake. I remember playing. They were like, "Look, it's that. just what you guys wanted. You said you wanted the original remade, so we did it." And I'm like, "Well, we I'm, wanted the original, but with all the stuff that we told you was wrong with it fixed." Like I I really hope it's open world. Well, not open world like completely, but like levels where you have missions within the levels, not a two minute like skate session. And you just redo that over and over again because if it's that, they they fucked it up again. So that will be interesting because like when I played, like when I remember Tony Hawk Pro Skater, that's what I remember is like the two minutes jam sessions. Like 
But now that you say that, I do remember Tony Ash Persier 4, where it was like, you selected a level, and you went through, and, like, you talked to, like, an NPC, and you right. do, like, a two-minute mission, like, based off of what they said, um, but, like, you had, like, the whole, you could just cruise around the said level, and, like, do right. whatever you wanted, practice tricks on things, and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. That's what it needs to be. If it's not that, then they done fucked up. Again. Also, Robomoto, the team that is making it, is the team that has made, like, the last four shitty Tony Hawk games. Well, I was going to say, wasn't the original ones Neversoft? Yeah. Neversoft is dead. Uh, yeah. What I happened mean, to them again? They just got shut down. They like, just decided, not like, we're not going to make games anymore. No, something happened. I thought Activision shut them down. I thought that's what it was. Like, they got bought by Activision. It's basically the same thing. Activision bought them and, like, farmed them out to do other things, and then they were just like, well, you're not doing, like, you're helping other people, so, like, we'll just, like, move you to them and, like, close down your studio. Yeah. So, rather than make them just be, like, assistants to, like, helping, because, like, they helped out a lot on, like, Call of Duty and different things like that. Yeah. And so, like, rather than just being, like, this third-party, like, consultants, they're like, well, we'll just move you around to other studios, and Neversoft is just going to close. There have been a lot of games lately just missing that soul. Yeah. You know. You know what's going to have that soul? Metal Gear Solid 5. Metal Gear Solid 5. Well, well no, I, you know, maybe, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe... I feel like this year has been really good for games. It has. It really has. It's been the first time in a long time that I've been hyped about anything. In games. You know, there were games I'm excited to play. Like, well, back when I was still in the Call of Duty phase of just, like, getting one every year. I still kind of do that, but I'm not no longer nearly as excited for it, especially after each announcement. It's just like, Bloodborne, I was, I was had no expectations for it. It was a really good game. Um, what was Destiny. It? Destiny. Well, that was, was last year, but... Had high expectations for it, didn't quite meet all of them, but was Dude, still the really... Dude, the Taken King, though. Yeah, it was still a really good game. That Taken King, though. Is that out yet? No. Not out, September, like September 15th or 15th? something like that. I think that's right. You know, now we got... the you know, going to be Uncharted game coming out, and that's just a great series. We got other stuff. You know, it's going to be great. Yeah, I think a lot of people... Well... I think we should probably wrap it up. I think we should. Because we are at about an hour. Did you see the Call of Duty... I'll end on this, but yeah. did you see the, the Call of Duty... Uh, I'm not going to get Call of Duty, but then they threw out the exclusive edition, or the whatever, the limited edition Call of Duty. They just announced it. No, what? It comes with a Jugnog uh, mini refrigerator. <laughs> really? What? Oh, man. Have you played Call of Duty Zombies? No. So okay. well, there's like this Nazi zombie, Nazi zombies mode. You have to. Know I know that. that yeah. yeah. Well, there's like different power ups you can get. Which yeah. the best one you can get is called Jugnog, and it's like this cola that you buy from like it looks like an old school cola machine, yeah. and it gives you extra health. So it's like Mountain Dew, basically. But oh man, with wow. the game, it comes with a working Jugnog mini fridge that holds like six 12 ounce cans or something. Of like Mountain that. Dew. Yeah, but it looks probably looks. It looks sweet. like I'll, I'll pull it. up a picture of it. Looks, it. That yeah. sounds but good. it looks. I mean, I really was not going to get the game, and I might buy that. Just the only. Why don't you just is, buy like, the Jugnog? It's thing over on like a hundred dollars. Just get the Jugnog thing on eBay. I, I was about yeah, to ask that's this. True. There are so have been so many things in like digital collectors editions and stuff like that that if they just sold it separately. I would buy. Like, for instance, good example, Fallout 4 is coming, right? And they're like, hey, you can also buy this Pip-Boy bracelet that you put your phone in, and it looks really dope, and everyone's always wanted this, and now we have it. They're not putting it part of the collector's edition. They're not put bundling with the game. They say, hey, buy this. You know, like, wh- why is there no merchandising for some games anywhere? Like, all the cool stuff is all the feelies that comes with the collector's editions, and it's annoying. Well, I think most games are like that. I don't know of any game that has, like, sold stuff, like, if Destiny, like, sold that red ghost, like, separately, separately. or... Here's the deal. If you are interested oh, enough to want that screen. stuff, uh, they, 99% they of the want time you to go ahead and... enough to buy the game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's like, just wild. I really love your uh, Collector's Edition art book, 
But I don't want the game. <laughs> Can I just buy the R book, please? Well, no. Like, what if I just don't want some of the stuff, but I want the game and I want the fridge? Like, what if I can't? What if I can't that, every... You can get that. It's called the collector's edition. But then what I if... have all this stuff. But this like goes to the stupid Destiny like collector's edition. Like, what if I want all the physical collector's edition things, but I don't want to rebuy the whole fucking game again? Yeah. Well, buy from somebody else. But we want to throw money at the screen. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I feel All bad right. for that guy. I really do. All right. This was fun. Going back to the old model. The old bit. style where we don't have to like But maybe next think week we'll about be back anything. with the three we three. I mean, I, maybe had, there's I some news. I had a topic. Yeah, we can like, uh, we'll think of a cool challenge. Yeah, we should do that. That's I just fun. remember Find the, the topic game. that I wanted to Ooh. do for this week. But uh, We should do something like that. That might take my planning. I'll yeah. have a topic for next week, though. I have All it right. already. So cool. Now it's just up for Thomas. What? I don't, I got stuff. I mean, I have to come up with it. All right. Maybe we'll record actually like next week instead of like two weeks from now. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Right. Adios. Adios.